Before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to jump on here for a second and personally invite you to a one-off brand new masterclass that I am hosting on Thursday the 16th of May. How to scale your online business to six figures and beyond. So if you are a course creator, a membership owner or a coach, then this is for you. I'm sharing with you my most effective strategies to become the go-to person in your industry and grow your online business. I will cover how to build your audience, how to craft an irresistible offer and how to master your launch strategy so that you will know the most effective way to grow your audience and build your email list fast, know how to craft an offer that your audience will love and create a launch that fits with you and enables you to sell with ease. And why should you come and listen to me? Well, I started doing this almost 10 years ago and the very first client I worked with back in 2016, I helped him launch his very first membership. He had a done for you product and a one-to-one product and we created a membership. In his first launch, he got 130 members, bringing him in about 60,000 in income every year. Now, He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is going to be an awesome masterclass. You're going to get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. You are listening to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast, episode number 60. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast, uncovering the secrets of effortless social media marketing for your business. And here is your host, Teresa Heath-Waring. Hello and a super warm welcome to this week's episode of the podcast, How Are You? I hope you've had a great week, whatever you're doing, and that your quarter two has started off really positively and you're really focused for this next quarter ahead. I know I am trying desperately to be and I do find these things really difficult to keep up. I have really good intentions in the early days and I start filling in my 90-day planner and then normally by, I don't know, a week or two into it, I stop. So I'm going to try super hard this time because I really have got some cool things that I want to achieve in this next quarter. So I really hope yours has got off to a good start as well. Now, I'm really excited about today's episode because I decided that following my trip out to San Diego to Social Media Marketing World, that I wanted to come back and share all the stuff that I had learned while I was out there. And I want this episode to be a bit about Social Media Marketing World and explaining what it is and why you might want to consider going but also talking about what is hot right now. What should you be focusing your time and attention on in social media right now? This is always really key because there is so much that we can do and the overwhelm is real, my friends. I feel it, everyone feels it. And when there are so many different platforms and systems and tricks and tools and tips, sometimes you just think, do you know what? I can't do it all. And we go from, you know, complete overwhelm and then not doing anything, which obviously is not great. So in this episode, I'm going to talk you through what the world's experts are telling us that we need to be focusing on right now in our own businesses and with the platforms, what kind of things we need to be doing. So I'm hoping that this episode is going to be a really good one and you're going to get lots of value from it. So before I kick into the good stuff, let me just tell you about Social Media Marketing World. 
So this is a conference that happens in San Diego every year, normally around March time. And this year was my third year of attending. And basically, if you're in social media or you work in social media, then this is the place to be. Now, it was on my vision board for some time in terms of I wanted to attend. And I took a very risky strategy one year and just bought a ticket and thought to myself, I'm going to make this work. I will find a way in which I can get out there and attend this conference. And you know what I did? And like I said, this is my third time this year. Now, one thing I need to tell you, if you've not been to a conference in the States before, it is full on. So not only do they have the most amazing speakers from all around the world, which is wonderful. However, they also have a really upbeat, fun, slightly crazy atmosphere going on where there's cheering and bells and whistles and a high five guy. And, a, you know, it's really quite, I can't think of the word. What am I trying to say? It's just really full on. And I guess as a British person, we don't have conferences like that. So it can be a little bit kind of shocking when you first go in, but it means that the atmosphere is kept up. It means that the enthusiasm's kept up and it is a great conference. And like I said, they pull in people from all over the world as attendees, but also as speakers. So who's who of social media is at this conference? So you got keynote sessions from Mari Smith, Mike Stelzner, Mark Schaefer, and of course, our very own lovely Andrew and Pete. And I have to say, as friends of Andrew and Pete and having worked with them for some time, it was like a proper, I was going to say like pride mum moment, which is hilarious, but I am a bit older than them. But it really was like those boys, they were phenomenal. They were great. And to think of what they've achieved so that they're keynoting social media marketing world is amazing. So well done them. But yeah, like I said, loads of amazing speakers. And then what happens at the conference is you end up having speakers against each other. So it's a bit like a music festival where you attend and you think who's on what stage when and who do I want to see? So you physically could not see every talk. And like I said, I find it very exhausting. So actually, and I think I've mentioned that I wasn't feeling very well when I was over there. So I missed more sessions than I would have liked to. However, one of the great things about the conference is with the full pass, they send you all the videos. So since I've come back, I've watched a lot of the videos as well. So even the sessions I didn't get to see that I really wanted to see, I was able to then witness and, and see what they had to say, which was brilliant. And also sometimes when you're at the conference, it's all overwhelming and you try and take it in and you can't. So again, to come back and re-watch some of the ones I've already watched is really, really great. So yeah, conference was fantastic. Really enjoyed it. Um, and, and I would highly recommend it to anybody that's working in social media. It's a fun place to go to. San Diego is just beautiful. I've been there very lucky now to have been quite a number of times and it's stunning. So it's a great atmosphere. This year, there was lots of UK people, which is the first year I've known so many people from the UK go. But like I said, there are people from all over the world and I've connected with so many lovely people through just attending that conference. So definitely want to think about. But anyway, enough of the pitch for Social Media Marketing World. Promise you, they haven't asked me to do that. Let's talk about what's hot right now in the social media space, what you should be doing in your businesses to get the biggest effect and a couple of things that maybe you shouldn't be doing because they're not working anymore. Now, I have to say a lot of my content is coming from the keynote talk that Mari Smith did. If you don't know Mari Smith, I'm going to link up to her here and put her link below. 
she is a well, she's actually uh, named the queen of Facebook because she's been employed by Facebook in order to help promote what they do. She is sponsored and works with so many of the big sort of tech companies in terms of like Wave Video and some of the scheduling um, systems out there. So she has a lot of connections and she's spoken at Social Media Marketing World every year. And she was one of the very first people that I actually started training with. So it was really nice to see Mari up on that stage and hear what she's got to say, because she is a very smart lady and has got some really cool stuff to say, which is cool. So today I want to talk about the four key areas that she mentioned that are areas of growth and places in which we really want to put our focus in when we're doing our social media marketing. So the first area, which is not going to be a surprise, and you're going to think, how many times do we need to talk about this? is going to be video. And I know that honestly, when I mention to people they've got to do videos, they literally groan. It's the last thing they want to do. But I promise you, it honestly is the best post that you can put on social media. It's the ones that get the most interaction. It's the ones that get the most reach. And it really is by far better than any other post you can do. Facebook loves them. Instagram loves them. They really are a fantastic post to do. So one thing that Mari said, which I thought was really interesting, and actually I want to touch on Mike Stelzner's keynote as well about this, is first off, Mari said that for really engaging videos, if they're pre-recorded videos or videos you've created, you really want to be keeping them between 15 seconds and three minutes long. So 15 seconds is great for something like Instagram because obviously your story is 15 seconds, but really short, sweet, succinct, as quick as possible, getting that message across as quick because we don't like spending hours and hours watching stuff, especially on Facebook, which is what Mike Stelzner was saying. So what was really interesting about his keynote was he was talking about a long form video that he's been producing called The Journey. And he was putting that video out on Facebook and also on YouTube. And he gave some amazing stats of the fact that even though Facebook said it had, I don't know, 20,000 views, hardly any of those views went past 10 seconds. Whereas YouTube seemed to give them less views, but more quality and people stayed around for longer. And if you think about the two platforms, it kind of makes perfect sense. If I'm watching something on YouTube, then I I don't mind sitting around and watching it. I do feel like I would expect to be watching something longer on YouTube than I would necessarily on Instagram and Facebook. And actually, personally, I think Facebook, I would probably be more tolerant of a slightly longer video than I would of Instagram because Instagram is so fast moving. So it's really something to think about. So if your videos are long, you might want to think of using your YouTube strategy rather than just perhaps a Facebook video strategy. So I thought that was fascinating what Mike said and the stats that he gave us in terms of actually on the surface of it, it looked like Facebook was better. But when you dug into the stats and had a look at how long people were watching it for, which is the key thing, especially with a long video, then actually Facebook didn't do as well as YouTube did. So anyway, so Mari said that obviously uh, your short videos that you've pre-recorded between 15 seconds and three minutes and live videos between seven minutes and 20 minutes. So live videos can be a bit longer. But what was interesting is for a long time, 
30 minutes has been a good length for a live video. So it's interesting that that appears to be coming down a bit and people don't want to sit there for that length of time watching a live video. So she really encouraged everybody to have a go. And I'm going to put some links in the show notes. So if you head to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash 60, 60 the number, and go and have a look there. And I'm going to put some links to two sites that we use to create videos from stock images, stock photos, stock music, and you can change colors, add your logos. And you know what? If you've got some creativity in you, then you can make some amazing videos if you'd rather do that than necessarily go live or put your face on camera. So these two sites are called wave.video and biteable.com. They're really, really good. Like I said, great ones to use for stock images, checking your own images and some really nice uh, creative things in there. And they're not a lot of money. So if you do want to start creating video, they can be a great way to start without having to pay a professional to do it. Now, if you are going to start creating video, there's a couple of points that Mari pointed out that I want you to think about that you can try and bring into your videos that might help you get a bigger reach and more engagement on them. So the first thing is that if you can make it emotional or relatable, then you're going to get a much bigger reach. So putting in some emotion somewhere, whether it be makes you laugh, makes you angry, makes you sad, makes you happy, Think about the last thing that engaged you or you shared and inevitably it would have produced an emotion in one way or another. So if you can bring some emotion into a video, then great. Things like storytelling, pay attention to the story you're telling and make it have a story. And again, that will help that video get out there and it'll help engage people watching the video. Also, if you can keep it under 30 seconds, and have that message come out really succinctly. And I know 30 seconds doesn't sound like long, but I can assure you it really is on a video when someone's watching it. So think about trying to keep that as succinct as possible. Then if you're going to use it on Instagram, using square video is great. Obviously, if you're going to use it in stories, then vertical video is also great. Try and be inspirational. Try and kind of engage someone like that and also have text overlay. So be ready for people to watch that video with no sound, because I don't know about you, but I do exactly the same. I will watch a lot of stuff with sound off, especially on Facebook, perhaps more than Instagram. And of course, make sure you've got some captions on there as well so that they can see what the video is about, even if they haven't got the sound on. So that's the first one. Video, I want you to really think about how you can bring that into your business. Again, you don't have to put your face on camera, it could be a stock video that you've created through Biteable or Wave, or you could be recording your screen and just have your voice. So try and think about the different ways you can do that. Okay, the next big hot thing that you should be focusing on right now, which comes on very nicely from video, is stories. Mari mentioned that stories are growing 15 times faster than the feed. I personally get more people watching my stories than I do necessarily engaging with my image on my feed on Instagram. Now, I have to say at the moment, I'm not putting stories to Facebook. I don't really have a good reason as to why I'm not doing that. I think because my focus is on Instagram and I prefer Instagram. Um, but I am wondering whether I just need to start sharing my stories across the two platforms because stories are where it's at. People love the story side. They love the authenticity. They love the fact that it's real and they can see you and hear you and get a real feel for who you are. It's very authentic. 
I was talking last night, funnily enough, I was doing a, a small talk locally and I was doing this talk and there was a consultant there and I said to her, how do people know whether they want to work with you or not? Because as a consultant or a coach or a trainer or whatever it might be, you're going to want to make sure that you get on with them, that you like them, that you have the same opinions of them or you respect them. And how do people know that? Unless you're going to networking meetings, and I can assure you that's not something I do anymore. I did do in the early days, but not anymore. Then how are people going to know whether I am someone that they want to work with or someone that they can trust that knows what they're talking about? And something like stories is a great way of showing that. It's a great way of someone getting to know my personality, as well as obviously the podcast. I love the podcast, but it's a great way of getting someone to understand who I am, what I'm about, without actually having to physically meet them. So stories are totally hot right now and something that you really want to consider doing. Also, one thing that Mari said, which was fascinating, is advertising within stories is the cheapest that it's ever going to be. So she said that one of her clients got a conversion cost half the price in the story than it was in the feed. So hopefully you understand what I mean by that. So they would have advertised something in the feed itself and then also as a story. And basically they were getting double the result for the same cost in the story. So that was really interesting that people were engaging in that story. And maybe for me, it's something that I need to think about a little bit more in terms of actually focusing on advertising just directly into the story. Now, like I said, I love Instagram stories. I love doing stories. I am happy to put my face on camera. I'm totally honest. I don't do it if I haven't done my makeup because I want to look vaguely decent. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, I've just hit 40 now, literally a few weeks ago. So, you know, I need that help with that makeup and a good filter. So I don't mind putting my face on if my face is made up and talking on camera, that's fine, but you don't even have to do that. Just interacting, taking photos, showing what you're doing in your day, showing behind the scenes, using it as another way to put posts out there is a great way for you to look at stories. So I really want you to focus on these and have a think about these. Also in the show notes, I'm going to link up to episode eight of the podcast. Boy, that was a long time ago. Can't promise how good the quality is going to be. But episode eight of the podcast talked about Insta stories and how to use them. So definitely have a look at Insta stories and Facebook stories, because I think this is where it's going to be at. People want to see that more authentic, real you, your business. So that was a really good one. And I was pleased to hear that that's a hot topic right now. Okay, on to number three. We're talking about messenger messaging and messenger bots. There's a lot of that word in there. So first thing is you've got to think about uh, when we're looking at Facebook, what they own. So Facebook own Instagram, WhatsApp, and obviously they have Messenger, which even though that's part of Facebook, it is also a standalone product for them. So there are two of their four main apps that are totally focused around one-to-one messaging and having that conversation one-to-one and a communication method rather than if you consider something like Instagram or Facebook, they appear to be more of a broadcast message. So you're putting something out to the world and hoping that people are responding, whereas Messenger and WhatsApp are very much a two-way conversation type platform. So the key message here is all about trying to get people to engage with you through one of those messaging platforms, getting them to send you a message or DM you on Instagram 
again, it wasn't just Mari that talked about this. This was actually a common theme through everyone's talk that I saw, especially people talking about Instagram. There's a saying which makes me laugh. It all happens in the DMs. I swear I am nowhere near cool enough to be saying a phrase like that. But anyway, the encouragement is to get everybody to really start having one-to-one conversations in direct messenger. There's a couple of really interesting things that came up in terms of that WhatsApp are going to be having a business app, which actually is kind of cool because, of course, across WhatsApp and Messenger, it doesn't matter where your clients are in the world, you can still have those conversations with ease, which is great. And I have to say, one of my most favorite things to do is when I get a message in Instagram is to send a voice message back. Because as I've always said, I much prefer talking than typing. And it's so personal to have my voice on the end of a DM. So please come and DM me and I will send you a message back. But my voice talking to you and having that conversation with you. So I personally love the DMs and really kind of encourage people to have those conversations. Also, when we're talking about messaging and messenger apps, we talked about chatbots. And again, there was a big stream on chatbots. And I want to bring someone on to talk about this on the podcast And it was a big theme in terms of what chatbots are, what they can do for you, how you set them up. So for instance, the chatbot is not meant to take over those personal one-to-one conversations. The whole idea of a chatbot is to speed up and serve people better. So for instance, some of the chatbots that you can use are things like setting appointments, providing important updates, uh, nurturing relationships, offering instant customer support, answering those questions that you answer all the time. So for instance, if someone messages you and you know you've got an event coming up and they're going to ask one of five questions, then having a chatbot set up for that is great. Okay, so before I jump into the last key thing that you should be doing at the moment and what is hot right now, I just want to touch on some of the other speakers and various little bits that they said, and also take you through some of the speakers that were there and some of the podcast episodes that we've recorded previously. Because actually, like I said, there were some amazing speakers and the who's who lineup of social media people was at this event. So two people that I hadn't seen talk before that I loved, and hopefully we'll get them on the podcast. I know one of them said yes, but it's going to be a little while off yet. And I'm waiting to hear back from the other one. But the two people that were really kind of amazing talks for me were Anne Handley, who talked all about emails, email marketing, and basically how to not be a boring newsletter type person. And actually, she inspired me to send out my email, which I talked about last week, in terms of starting my regular content again. But what inspired me was when she talked about newsletters, she focused on the letters bit. So she thought, about how you would write a letter to someone that you liked or loved or engaged with. And therefore that just gave me such clarity about how I could do my own regular email content. So that was really interesting. She also mentioned things about there's no algorithm in someone's email box. So it's always worth working on your email list as well as your social media. And as you know, I'm a big advocate for you building your email lists. So it was about time I started to use mine and Anne really gave me the shove that I needed for that. The next one was Jay Bear and he talked about talk triggers, which is a book of his, which again, I will link up to in the show notes, lots of links today. And Jay was talking about what do you do in your business that your customers can talk about? 
Now, he was joking. Um, he gave an example of CVS, which if you're in the States, you'll know what that is. Um, it's basically like, I think it's like a pharmacy. Is it a pharmacy? I'm sure someone will correct me. But I think it's a pharmacy in the States. And basically, they have the longest receipts ever for whatever reason. And it wasn't maybe something that they did intentionally. But it's like now that this is you know, it's got its own hashtag on Instagram and Facebook where people are talking about how long their receipts are. And people are doing joke posts like someone had some blinds and one of the blinds broke, so they put in a CVS receipt instead. And and it was just really interesting to hear what Jay was saying regarding how you get people to talk about your brand and actually what a good thing that is, obviously, if it's in a positive way. One of the things that Jay does as his talk trigger, which I thought was great, is he wears quite awesome, slightly outlandish suits that is a definite statement piece. And what happens is when someone books him for a talk, he sends them to a link to a website where they can choose the suit that he will wear on the day of the talk, which is kind of amazing. So, yeah, he was great. Really enjoyed his talk, too. Then, of course, some of the others who are my favourites and I'm lucky to say friends in some cases. Amy Porterfield was there talking about live video and, again, has really encouraged me to think that I need to start going live more and I don't do enough live video and I would quite like to. So Amy was there and, of course, I've had her on the podcast talking about online courses. So head back to episode 29. Obviously, we'll link all these up in the show notes. My other lovely friend, Jasmine Starr, was there talking all about Instagram again and stories, which again, episode 51 of the podcast, she came on. And that is honestly one of my most popular podcast episodes. It's a really good one. She's really lovely, as are all these people. But yeah, this one seems to have gone down super well. Tyler J. McCall was there as well, also talking about Instagram. He was on the podcast on episode 39. He was great. Really enjoyed him and his talk. Um, He has a really nice community feel about his Instagram. And again, he's totally about all the things I've just said to you in terms of using direct messages by having conversations and trying to have that more personal connection with your audience. Also, not worrying about not having 20,000 fans, but really loving the number of fans you've got. So he was great. Like I said, he was episode 39. Also, Brian Fanzo was there. He was a really great episode. He's a very charismatic speaker as well. He's episode 37. Rick Mulready was there talking about Facebook ads, and we completely geeked out on our episode to do Facebook ads. So that's a cool one. Episode 30. And then, of course, how can I not mention lovely Andrew and Pete, who keynoted and they were back on the podcast all the way back episode 31. So those guys were talking about, in fact, their talk they did at Social Media Marketing World was focused around the 90-10 rule and about how you should spend 90% of your time on one thing, doing it really, really well, and 10% your time on the other stuff. So that was really interesting concept for them to talk about. And on the podcast, they talk all about content and how they don't see it being a long-term strategy. So that was a really interesting one for me because I would say it's a long-term strategy. So I love hearing different opinions of things. So yeah, I just wanted to fly through some of the episodes that we've had on the podcast because I know recently we've had lots of new lovely followers of the podcast, which I am so very much appreciative of but I wanted to let you know what we've done previously and some of the episodes before have been phenomenal. So I don't want you to miss out on them. So like I said, I'll hook up to all of them in the show notes for you. Okay, on to the final tip. So the last thing that they really wanted to talk about and wanted to encourage was groups. 
Now, I had Bella Vasteron. She talked about groups. She was back. I'm going to check. Hang on. She was back on episode 44 talking about how to use Facebook groups. And again, it was a really, really good one. And groups are really where it's at. And there's a number of reasons for this. It's because first off, when you're in a group, you are there for a reason. So you are in a group of like-minded people who are having conversations about a similar sort of stuff. So groups are great. Also, you get notifications from groups, whereas you don't get notifications when someone necessarily posts. You can also have conversations in groups. And again, it comes back down to this more meaningful two-way conversation. The other thing that is lovely about the groups is it focuses on this whole point of community and loving your community. So again, not being so concerned that you haven't got 20,000 followers. And even if you've got 20 people in a group, then love those people and look after those people. So it's about building your community around you because the more you can build your community, the more they're going to talk about you and the more they're going to support you. So for me, I was really pleased to hear this one. I do try and work really hard to not feel concerned about the numbers that I've got. And I do all right, don't get me wrong, but you know, I I just want to look after the people that are looking after me or that are engaging with me. I want to be grateful to them and provide support and value to them. So again, I really like this message that communities and groups are where it's at. And one of the things that Mari did say was, you know, build a community in a niche group. So if you do kind of niche down on something or niche down, as uh, our friends in the States would say, if you do, then it's definitely worth considering opening a group and finding those like-minded people as well, where you can have those conversations and you can have those interactions. Also, the other thing about groups is it's a great hotbed of content. You know, if you're in a group and you're wondering what people are struggling with, you want to know what you can help them with, then they're a great place to start in terms of what help you can provide, which then if someone asks a question in one of my paid groups, then it might be that I do a podcast episode on that question because actually if they're concerned about it or need help with it, then the chances are everybody else might be. So totally, totally positive about that. So overall, I'm really happy with those areas that we need to focus on. Like I said, I'm a big fan of stories. I don't do videos where they're curated as such. I don't necessarily do videos where I'm being filmed. I did want to do a YouTube channel and I've talked myself out of it again, purely because of Andrew and Pete's 9010 talk telling me to focus on one thing. And my podcast is where that's at. So that's cool. However, I am going to do more video or live video. I obviously do Insta stories, so that's great. And building that community is a big thing. I'm not very good with the bots yet, so I've got to work a bit on that as well. So hopefully I've given you a bit of a roundup of what you can expect or where you should put your attention over the next sort of six, 12 months. Now, these things change all the time, as you well know, but it's always helpful to have an idea of where to put your focus on. So Do let me know if you've got any questions. Do reach out if you have anything you want me to talk about on the podcast, because honestly, I do have a list as long as my arm because there's no end of things to talk about in terms of digital marketing and social media. But I would love to hear what you would like me to talk about. So do please reach out, send me a DM, and I'd love to start those one-to-one conversations with you. So have a wonderful day and I'm going to see you again next week. There isn't an interview. It's going to be me again because... There's so much good content at the moment that I wanted to just cover some stuff off. So 
Until then, have a great week and I will see you soon. Thanks for listening to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast with Teresa Heath Waring from TeresaHeathWaring.com. 